0: Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. I've been really, really feeling it. To a move, out, let me get it if you really really it, put it in your left hand, right hand throw it up and hit it jason and i've been really really feeling it you you Canceled, sounded culture you cancel culture's kicking and uh you what and i'm all lapped up in it <laughs> this that is the worst introduction i have no, ever my heard son ty just ty he does the music and that's that's the jingle i i didn't has, quite follow it but you know what ty's song is good but Man, that was brutal. Well, you're an idiot. Okay, that was not a good intro. Is, what are we talking about today? This is David, the older twin brother. I'm two minutes older than Jason. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about a very simple strategy for workplace Christians. And by workplace Christians, I mean everybody that works, everyone that's got a job, yeah. everyone that's providing for a family, which is all of us. So a very simple strategy in the midst of today's cancel culture. I want to reference an article. So, so I'm going to make it very, very simple. I'm going to give you three steps but I'm not going to give them to you now. I'm going to give you the context now. So, Jason, I want you to fill in hey. with some color. If you have any can I color, ask a you usually quick question? don't have squat Can color. I ask you a quick question? No. Okay, so I'm asking our listener right now, and I say listener because I'm talking to you individually. Can you tell the difference in our voices? Can okay. you? Yeah, they can. because. But I'm asking them, and I don't well, hear how, them how responding. Nobody's responding. No, but they're responding. Right, in their you have hearts. now just wasted thirty. No, seconds but I, I want to know: Is it really true that Jason has a deeper voice than David? I think that's the truth. I don't think, and so. and I think that shows a little bit more of the that I've, I'm holding the man card. Okay, there's a there was an author by the name of Leslie Newbegin who wrote a book called Foolishness to the Greeks, and this was years ago. And in his book, he said many people claim that America is shifting from Christian to secular, and I've heard that quite often uh, from cr- Christian leaders. But I agree with what Newbegin then said after that. He said, America is not shifting from Christian to secular. America is shifting from secular to pagan. And how we know that is not only are we redefining morality, but we're celebrating immorality. And that's where you really know you've become a pagan culture. And so what I look at is we have the vestiges of a lot of universal moral norms and universal moral virtues and values that built the foundation by which we can have individual liberty and we can have the marketplace and we can have contract law and we can have all of these other things, a great thriving educational system that has now... Descended into the abyss when it comes to morals and when it comes to our spiritual condition, and so it's interesting. There was another man by the name of Aaron Wren who wrote a recent article in the uh, in the Thinker. Or actually, it was um, gosh, what was the name of that? Oh, anyway, I forgot the name. And you it. Gotta thing. Things. Things. No, no, got to have your stuff together before we nail a podcast. Well, whatever. Okay, it was First Things, and he wrote in First Things. He said that back in the day, before 1994, there was a general positive view of Christianity in the culture. From 94 to around 2014, I don't want to give his examples you know, as to reason why it's 94 to 2014. You can go into Aaron Wren, First Things. It's really a good article. But anyway, he said from 94 to 2014, it became a neutral view, a neutral cultural view of the church uh, in terms of the influence of the church. It's just kind of neutral. But now from 2014 into today, to, into till okay let me say that slow from 2014 until today there is now a cultural negative view of the church mm. so so not only do they marginalize our values you get demonized because of your values and ultimately if you're looking at what what's happening with Canada and the bans on conversion therapy and all these other things they're criminalizing your values but not only your values but your conscience i mean you look at the vaccine mandates it doesn't matter whether you're a jew a muslim or christian or an atheist or whatever if you say no you know what i see the cdc and their findings and other research findings that natural immunity is six times more powerful than a vaccination and since the vaccinations aren't yet proven i choose not to get it i don't Mm -hmm. care if you get it but i choose to exercise my conscience now all of a sudden you're demonized right and who knows maybe even eventually criminalized because the ceiling always becomes the floor in a radical revolution to shift from Christian to secular and from secular to pagan. And who's ultimately the author of that, Jason? Satan. The devil. I remember when we talked about the demonic powers of darkness that want to twist people's identity. And it starts, you know, it'll twist your sexual identity. It'll twist your gender identity and these other things. Twist you into confusion, whether it may be your own story of abuse or whatever that may be, a lack of nurture in your early years, whatever that may be, God still loves you. But we talked about this spiritual battle and Bill Maher on HBO completely called us out on it. He's like, the Benham brothers say that if you're a homosexual, you are filled with demons. Well, of course, nothing can be further from the truth. But that's what Bill Maher said. I loved it. He totally made fun of us. Hey, uh, let me say this honored. real quick about history. As we know, it repeats itself. So we got to be paying attention. You look back at Nazi Germany and you look at how the Jews were demonized by Hitler and his Cohorts there, and the government had the government control. They were blamed for World War One, right? So we know that during Hitler's time, it was World War Two. But World War One, they blamed it on the Jews. They were talking about how it was all the Jews' fault. So they demonized them first before they criminalized them. So we got to be paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, it's very important. Check this out. It says this in First Peter two twelve because I want to talk to Christians who want to be successful believers. We want to be faithful. And we want to be launched into greater freedom and success, but we also understand the culture in which we live. So we want to be filled with truth, but we want to be motivated by love. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. So check this out, First and, Peter 2, And 12. to couch it within the context of the workplace. That's right. Because that's where we are. That's where we what are. What is it, 60% of the time? First Peter 2.12. Conduct yourselves with such honor among the Gentiles that though they slander you as evildoers, social media, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. When we do good work, when we are faithful tippers, when we are at the restaurant, we are faithful at the gym. We're faithful uh, with our families, faithful in our marriages, faithful with our finances, and these other things. They see your good deeds. When I'm a faithful as a hairstylist or an architect or an entrepreneur, you know, starting up in some business, and I don't, I'm not utilizing uh, black hat marketing tactics and other things that you know are not good. I'm not cheating on my taxes. That, that's what he says. That's how you conduct yourself in the midst of today's pagan environment so that when God visits us, he'll be glorified. Philippians 4, 8, and 9, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The very first thing, Jason, it says, whatsoever things are Lovely. True. True. Come okay. On, I mean, dude. come on. You, me? you didn't tee me up for that. That's the first thing in Ephesians 6 of our weapons of righteousness against the spiritual warfare that we fight. It's not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle. And it says the belt of truth. truth. Can you imagine trying to fight with your pants around your ankles? We have lost truth. Now, truth is not in it. Truth is a man whose name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you're all truthful and you're not loving toward people, that is not Christ like. However, if love is also not an it or an emotion, his name is Jesus. If you're all truthful and not loving, it is wrong. If you're all loving and not truthful, that also is not Christ-like. So it's really important we keep hold of that. Romans. But, but 14, you also got to remember what love is. Love is compassion with standards. That's exactly you right. You can't have one without the other. But that, that little sappy definition of love that we have today is all just compassion. Okay. So compassion, as a, compassion. As a mar- But you got to have... Standards. That's right. Well, interrupt me again, see what happens. Oh, it's going to happen. Here's my three things. If you are going to thrive today, if you are going to be launched into greater freedom and success, if you are going to live as Christ wants us to live in today's cancel culture environment, there are three things that we need to do. Three very simple things. And I, I, I made them all match. Okay. We live, love, and lead. And you're like, that's the dumbest thing I ever hey, heard. Hey, we can so call that, generic. No, no. you got three L's, so we can call that the marketplace mandate. Boom, two okay. M's. We, check That's called out. M&M. Here it, is. here it is. Okay. Live powerfully, love truthfully, and lead humbly. If we as believers exemplify this in the marketplace and in our homes, I'm telling you, things will change. Billy Graham said the next great move of God would be in the marketplace amongst believers. Now, I'm not sitting there saying that's gospel truth, but I feel it in my heart. I agree with him. So live powerfully. Think about this. It says in Romans 8, 11, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us. Now, the studio has these lights on my face, and they're lighting up Jason's corpse-like face. Mm-hmm. And the, now the power to those lights was at the light switch, But it wasn't until good old Sambo, our producer, 17-year-old producer, big hair, looks like the kid on the Dairy Queen Cup back when we were kids. But anyway, so it wasn't until he came in and flipped the switch that we got to see the light. See, a lot of us as believers, we've prayed the prayer or we were at a youth camp or we go to the church service, but we haven't flipped the switch of lordship in our lives. Mm -hmm. We're not living powerfully. We haven't actually engaged the power of the written word in our lives and engage the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're not engaging the power of community and walking with the ecclesia, which is the called out ones, the church, in a faithful way. And so we're not living powerfully. And we're actually middle of the pack. Our work is mediocre. Even, maybe even worse, we might be getting fired from jobs or losing clients because of a lack of faithfulness or a deceit or whatever it may be. We're not living powerfully. We have to, number one, live powerfully and god gives us that power through jesus christ romans 8 11. memorize it hold on to it number two we love truthfully romans chapter 12 9 says let love be without hypocrisy hate what is evil cling to what is good now let me just stop for a second loving truthfully is crucial today because we keep hearing let love be love love is love well no love is not love god is love or when President Obama lit up the White House as a rainbow after the Obergefell Supreme Court decision in 2015 that legalized same-sex marriage, he said, love wins. Well, that wasn't love. We have to love truthfully. Romans 12.9 says, let love be without hypocrisy." hypocrisy. In other words, if you're leaving out the truth and you're actually embracing something that is evil— That's not true biblical love. So we as believers have to love truthfully. We got to love our kids truthfully. If they're having an identity crisis, it may be in their sexuality or even in their gender, like we're seeing all over mainstream media today. We love truthfully and we lead them to the truth. Let me ask you this question, Jason. If Allie came home from college and all semester she had been starving herself and she comes home 30 pounds lighter and says, dad, I'm fat. What does love look like in that moment? Is that what you're what, asking me? Yeah. What does love look like in that moment? Do you love truth? You, like, yeah. what does loving to her truthfully look like? Telling her you're not fat. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait, stop she says i identify as fat now embrace my identity dad you bigot you yeah. hate me i'm not worried what you're identifying as i love you enough to tell you that you're not lining up with the truth okay wait and it's hold g- on ultimately how do you know it's hurt, true it's gonna hurt you because how do you know it? i'm anchored i'm anchored in the objective standard of truth it's not subjective where i determine but she what is. feels fat jason you jerk doesn't matter what you feel facts don't care about your feelings i'm you know what I'm going to straight up punch you right in the mouth. That's like I the think you best response that could ever be given. No, I, I like that. Okay. And I got that from Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I but like listen, it. yeah, he's brilliant. He but just, you couldn't stump really me. fast. Like right there, like our listeners, you know, however many there are, just listened to me dominate you in a debate. No, I was asking you a question. I was setting it up. It was amazing. So we live powerfully. And there's can. more where that came from if you okay. go to the dance with we me. We love truthfully. Romans 12:9 Hold on to that. We have got to grab a hold of true biblical love in the marketplace. We're the people that are talking at the coolers. We're the people that are having client meetings. We're the people We don't have to beat people over the head with this, but we speak it. We speak it. We don't walk away. And we truly love people. And then lastly, but you may walk this way. Okay. Ridiculous. Walk this lastly, way. Lastly, we lead humbly. That is crucial. We cannot God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Matthew 20 verses 26 through 28, it says, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. serve." Now, the root word of minister means a servant, is to serve. That's what ministry means, to serve. We in the marketplace, we are ministers. That's the paradigm of God. We are ministers. We are on mission, and our work is worship. We are serving people. We are meeting tangible needs. Now listen, thank God for our pastors that meet our spiritual needs on a Sunday morning for 60 to 90 to 120 minutes. Depends on which megachurch you go to. But I'm telling you, we then are called ministers of God in the marketplace the rest of the week. So we actually have more effective opportunities for minister than ministry than even our pastor does. Now that doesn't minimize him. That actually values and honors him, but he equips us so that we can lead humbly. Jesus came into the marketplace, and he served and served well. We think about Jesus at the age of 30, but from 30 to 33, where he was teaching, preaching, casting out demons. He was doing all sorts of miracles and stuff. Think about Jesus at 20. He was working in a blue-collar world. He was collecting payment. He had to go to work. He probably had to put in his 50 or 60 hours a week. And what what, would, what did he live like during that time? And was he a minister? David and I would say, man, he was a kingdom advancer, he was a minister, his work was worship, and he knew he was on mission. That's where all of us find ourselves, in the same place where Jesus found himself when he was 20, 21, 22 years old. So so if he could do it, we can do it. That's right. If we're going to thrive today in the midst of cancel culture, build a bulletproof business and these other things, we have to live powerfully, love truthfully, and lead humbly. Listen, if you haven't had a chance yet to rate or review the Expert Ownership podcast. We didn't have Larry today. Larry was slam building our agency. It's been an amazing thing to watch him in the marketplace. It's so fun. But Jason and I are riffing on this bad boy. We'll get Larry back on here as soon as possible. Hey, can I can I mention something real quick? Yes. Okay, so we have an Expert Ownership Master Coaching Retreat coming to Miami, Florida, March 31st to April 3rd. It's limited to 40 people. So 40 entrepreneurs First come, first serve. Basically, it's four months of executive coaching all in four life-changing days. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And, and, and we've and got an some all of the- inclusive resort. We've got some of the best coaches that you could ever have that will be there. My brother and I are going to be there with our wives. So come on. Either you, you can have a plus one. It can be your spouse, whoever you want. Come spend some time with us. All-inclusive. Go to expertownership.com and oh. you'll see that it' talking about our retreat okay, right there. Beautiful about our event we'd love to see you guys there now since larry's not here we're going to do own it or loan it jason okay okay you ready no own it or loan it rubber wedding rings oh own that bad boy well you're not wearing one you're wearing a metal one you idiot yeah because i love my wife but well, what if you wear a rubber wedding ring you don't love your wife that's exactly right not really I've but still it. yeah it's it's cool you yeah know? no all you gotta it. do is mark it up and you know what i'd own a tattoo what? I would tattoo the tattoo t- Tattoo around the around ring. Your finger? Yeah. Do, you know mom and dad would get so ring. mad at you if they heard that? Yeah, well, they, they don't know about that butterfly you've got on your right butt cheek. <laughs> so there's that. All right. Hey, we love you guys. Go out there and thrive. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Go live powerfully. Let love be without hypocrisy. Love truthfully and lead humbly. And Jesus you, didn't come to be served, but to serve. And you will be a work. Place Warrior. See you next week. I've been really, really feeling it. Got it, but some move wash out. Let me get it. If you really, really feeling it, put it in your left hand, right hand, throw it up.